Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with Bill Goldberg. Welcome back. <laughs> a little hey. bit of a road trip. So you're on the road, uh, traveling with Gage, touring colleges uh, as he heads into his senior year. Just kind of getting a feel for, uh, I mean, you're courting, courting colleges, hopefully having them court him as a student, as a star athlete. And I, you guys are gone for like, I, it seemed like three weeks, like on and off for at least three weeks, right? <laughs> and it's been whole, the whole summer. It's been the last four years. I mean, I'm not going to get on my soapbox and I'm not going to take up the entire podcast, but the biggest is I'm going to look at facts and go as quickly as possible. The, <laughs> the, the, the biggest issue is the next four years or five years of his life in college, right? What does he yep. want to do? Does he want to play baseball or does he want to play football? Well, I wanted him to be a kid and I didn't want to be the Marinovich dad and make a decision for him. I wanted him to have fun as long as humanly possible because once you get in college nowadays, even more so, it's a business. Yeah. So uh, I, I let him make the decision to do his thing. And uh, it, at the end of the day, it puts you behind the eight ball if football is your choice because you miss spring football, you miss spring practice. You literally end the summer baseball season two days before he goes to the Alabama football camp. Two days, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's even if you're Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson, I mean that that's a tough transition, right? Especially playing catcher because this dude's you know at 104 degree weather, whether it's in Oklahoma or whether it's in yeah any any little town in Texas that we were at. So, I mean, it's hard to keep weight on. And then, you know, you want to come into the football season as big and strong and as good a shape as possible and as heavy as possible because you're going to lose weight during camp and you want to be impressive in all your skills. And so it's just tough. So to juggle the two and want to go to a, a Division One school, uh, which is where everybody wants to go, um, it's really a conundrum, man. It, it, it's extremely difficult. So let's just pass over all of that and – Hey man, Alabama showed interest and invited him to a camp. And, you know, uh, as a Georgia Bulldog, I I found it extremely difficult to even step foot in Tuscaloosa, (laughs) let alone be in Coach Saban's office and listen to him talk. So let's just say that um, it was an unbelievable experience. And there's a reason why Coach Saban is the winningest college football coach in history. And there's a reason why his teams are different than other teams. Um, it's the closest thing to football slash the military I've ever seen. But it's not barked orders. It's an unspoken rule, right? So when you walk into that building, it seems as if everybody holds themselves at a at a higher echelon and your character is checked at the door. Your individuality is checked at the door. And I, I just got to say, it was extremely impressive. So as a dad, as opposed to a recruit, I look at things differently when I look at a school and I see what they have to offer my son, football aside. And I will make the statement that it took Nick Saban almost 15 minutes to get to the word football when we were in his office talking to him. Yeah. That in itself, as a father, is an extremely impressive quality that he cares more about them as men successful in in our community than football players. So it was really neat. It, it was really a cool experience. How do, you, how do you think it's 
changed this whole process between when you did it to now? The biggest, uh, you, biggest you, thing. You said one thing was it's more, even more like a business now than it ever has. They're getting paid, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's a business. They, they they have seniority before they walk in the door because an NIL puts money in their pocket, and therefore, you know, they're they're they should be held accountable, right? They they have like an extra extra th- foot in, in their butt, you know, to get them to work right. hard because they've been paid basically. But at uh, the, I, I'd say the biggest difference. I mean, COVID kind of changed recruiting exponentially. Mm-hmm. So the big thing when I was being recruited in the nineteen twenties was <laughs> I, I, I didn't sign until signing day. I didn't divulge where I was going to school until the last second. And I believe that unless it's a school that you have always dreamed to go to, you should not commit anywhere until right before you're, you have to, right before it's a law that commitment day, you have to commit and, and pass that, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not a factor. So um, I, I just think that these kids cut their nose off to spite themselves by committing to a place when they're freshmen or sophomores and, and have so many more years ahead of them when other opportunities could come up. Coaching staffs could, could turn over. Yeah, It's all about the coaching staff, right? It's not about the wins and losses. It's about who do you want to spend the next four or five years of your life listening to bark you, bark you orders, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, truthfully, that's what it is. So, and I, and I can see it from a different side because I was that guy and I try not to push my opinion, but um, Gage is, is really good at deciphering BS when someone looks you in the eye and says something and you know, the, the, the truth when, somebody really cares about, you know, the next four years of your life. So it's, it's been a really cool experience. The time on the road with Gage has been awesome. It's been tiring, no question, but um, it's, Hey, it's what he wants to do, man. So he's our life and that's what we do. So. How, how much has he leaned on you for advice? Uh, You guys are on the road and then what you, you have a meeting and then, maybe you grab a dinner back to the Airbnb or hotel room or whatever it at, at what point is, is he, is he picking your brain? Is he like, what do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Or is it you asking all the questions to him? No, I think the way that it is, is he, this kid, you know, was doing his homework before he went out and wrestled with Bobby Lashley, jumping out of the crowd in front of millions yeah. of people on television. He, nothing phases him. Everything is just the next up. He, he, he does it and he moves on, he won't dwell on it unless he does horribly. But I I think as far as him taking advice from me, it's been hard because he doesn't really take advice from me because I I think I'm uh, overbearing, quite obviously, uh, in my giving of advice. And so what he does is he listens to it, rolls his eyes, and then six months later, he'll do one of the things that I I advised him to do. You know, un- uh, un unspoken, right? So I mean, I see it, and it 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 warms my heart, but it's fr- it's frustrating, yeah. Because you know? so, I I've done a lot of the bad things, and I've learned my lesson through negativity, right? Uh, not being able to do this, making a wrong decision here. So I mean, hey, if I can save somebody five minutes of pain, uh, or of 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 bad time, then hey, man, my listen to my advice. 
right. all. So, and, you're my son. And Gage, Gage is a good kid, talented kid. But there is a, a, a juggling act that he has to, do. He, you know, he's like, he loves you, respects you, sees su- how successful you are, but wants to pave his own way, doesn't want to be in your shadow. But Oh, yeah, and that's burden, you know, man, for sure. But he's already done that. He's paved his own way. He's numbered. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't take any of my numbers. He doesn't walk around saying, you know, this and that. By any means, he he turns an eye to it. And he tries and he tries to hide it. But the thing is that he's learning how to use it in certain situations to help you. That's all. Not as a crutch, not as a diving as a springboard. But if it opens a door, it, hey man, if I can open a door to him going to a college and getting uh, a, a look, I, I'm going to do that in two seconds. I'm yeah, his why wouldn't you? I've worked my ass <laughs> off to be yeah. able to be who I am and. And stand for what I stand for. But when that door is open, there is not a coach on the planet that is going to sign a kid or offer a kid because he is my son. Right. Their job is based upon winning and losing. And if my son can't help someone win, then they could care less who the hell I am. And that's what I appreciate about it is that Gage has been able to deliver once the door has been open and he walks through it. So um, when he lands on the other side, it, it's impressive. It's really cool. And, and I'm able to sit back and really enjoy it, man. And Hey, he's just still a kid and that's the best part. You know, he hasn't been coached by the most, um, experienced coaching staff in high school. And I'm going to put that extremely mild, you know, I'm going to, yeah, that that's an absolute understatement, but they're the, the the people that teach him are wonderful, um, but they're just not whatever. So when, once he gets that and once he grows a little bit, I mean, the sky's the limit for the kid. So yeah, uh, I'm just happy for him, man. And uh, it's a cool experience. It's freaking tiring. And I'm so glad the season's about to start because that's when it really matters. And a minute ago, you asked me the difference between recruiting now and recruiting then. Yeah, It's cool now to be the one or the 5% that goes on social media and says, Hey, I just committed as a freshman to the university of New Mexico or whatever it is. Yeah. But truly that's the top 5%, right? And, and kids feel bad about themselves that they haven't had that opportunity or don't have that ability to sign, you know? So yeah, engages case. He's, he's still juggling two sports and, and I don't know. He's, fully made a decision on what direction to go. And he's great at both of them. And maybe having the two sports is to, to not kind of get pigeonholed into Goldberg's son, you know, football and whatever, you know, like it could be like, you know what? I, I, I think it's solely I based on opportunity. I think that's yeah. all it is. He has a, an innate love for baseball. He's done it his whole life. He he loves baseball, and hey man, I'd love for him to play baseball. But I I truly believe that it's it's based upon the opportunity for the door to be opened by which sport to the bigger school or the most desirable school to go to. That I think that's what it is. Um, I mean, you got to really delve into breaking each one of them down before you you know if they were equal and to make that decision because man, that's a hard decision. I mean, it's hard to come back from that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like w- once the decision's made, it it it'd be really tough to pivot at that point. It uh, would, and you know, if there's it's even be doubt, possible. 
where there's going to be doubt, right? Because yeah. hey, I right, make the right decision. But you know, hey, kudos to him. He, he's he's handling it well. You know, and I'm looking forward to him uh, laying some kids out. When this, this this last year of high school, you, you of course you want him to do well and be impressive and then have fun and still be a kid. I mean, he's still only 17 years old. But yeah, also sort of picking, getting an offer and picking a school, like you said, uh, you know, speaking with a coach and the the infrastructure that support system you have at school. Like, first of all, he's not on your property. He's not living under your roof when that happens. Right. It's, I mean, it's, he can call, yeah. he can zoom, he can ask questions, but also you want to like, as a kid, I know I did this too. Um, my version of it was instead of school, I went uh, and within my first year of college, you know, we, my friend and I, we wrote a business plan, raised our first round of money and started a business. We we were gone. We were out 19 years old. We were starting a, uh, an internet business. But uh, yeah, and you don't want to like lean on your parents all the time for that. But also it, you got to find some mental stability. You got to... You he, know, has, he has a full ride offer from University of San Diego. You saw that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I did. My brother lives there. He's got two of the best restaurants in town and the best live music venue. And he's fully entrenched in, in that city. What a support staff, right? Yeah. You but you need that. I mean, right the road. I mean, there's so many factors that play into it. Playing time, you know, I mean, you know, what, what the school is known for scholastically. I mean, let's talk about that, you know. So it, it's it's just a big decision, man. When it was my decision, it was a lot easier than now that I'm a father's decision. I mean, it truly is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's let's not talk about life anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I just kind of I, I, listen. I I like it. I know what you guys were doing. I'm sure. Uh, I I I'm sure. Wanda's talking to Gage the whole time, but also talking to you to 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 kind of get a sense of what's going on without being overbearing to him as well. And and how did it go? And and what happened? And, and what did the coach say? And like, walk me through it. I want to know the details. And and what did Gage do? And then without her going, Gage, walk me through it and tell me exactly what he said and give me the details. It's so there's, you're kind of in the middle of that as too. A, as, a, as a parent, you have to learn how to. As a parent and a, and a husband, you have to learn how to walk tread, you know, tread lightly. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's there's just it's yeah, so, it's so involved. I can't. I just can't begin to tell you. It was. It's so much more difficult than I imagined, because you know you're. It's like making a, a decision for a dog, right? A dog can't pick himself up and open up the door with his paw unless he's really talented and tell you what he wants, right? I mean, he can't, he's completely reliant upon you. And when yeah. you make a decision and help make a decision that means that they're re completely reliant upon you, I mean, there's the, the impending doom, you know, from a bad decision weighs heavily. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough. Being a parent sucks. I love it. But. <laughs> and, and, like good and bad, I guess, right? Like look yeah, I I I I ask the questions is I, I don't I don't have kids, but uh uh but I'm very aware of 
the people in my life that do have kids and those kids, you know, um, we've been doing this. We learn from all of them. Yeah. Listen, we, we've been doing this for a minute now. I remember back in San Diego going to the batting cages and gauge, you know, having an interest in it. And, and, you know, he was still a little bit more on video games than he was on baseball at the time, but, uh, you know, and, and sort of how he's grown and changed there. And, and listen, I see it with Adam Carolla's kids. I see what Sonny's doing. I see what Natalia's doing and I see how those kids grow up, but those kids I've known they're 17. I've known them for almost 15 years. So they were, they were basically toddlers that, you know, shy hiding behind, you know, dad's leg, uh, you know, and now, Sonny's driving his car and he's getting his driver's license. He's coming to Monterey with us and uh, for a car week. And not to mention, he's like six, two now. And it's just like overnight. He's, he's way bigger than I am. <laughs> Same thing with G man. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, just kind of seeing it, but in having conversations with Sonny, cause we've been taking him to Monterey for a year since he was about 10. I mean, he might've missed one or two years in the middle, but he's gone and I had to sit with uh, or email or talk to his mom a couple times and go, listen, he starts school on Monday. He's going to go to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to pull him out of uh, out the end of the day, Wednesday. He's going to miss his third and fourth day or fourth and fifth day of school to go to Monterey for us. She's like, he has to go to school. And I'm like, but he's going to learn more on this trip from Monterey, right? Because we were teaching him or... Uh, you know, life experiences, but also just like going into going into certain events and understanding like why we were invited to that event and why that event is being put on and who's there handling that event and and, and basically learning a, a, a kind of the business of what we do, you know, um, either from an enter- and you, even from an entertainment standpoint your hand and walk yeah. you that that's invaluable and it, it, believe me the <laughs> opportunities the gauge has been able to have and i've been, we've had to pull him out of school and come up with some fabrication you know i mean it, it's uh, it, i get it they have rules but it's not apples to apples by any stretch right yeah. and and but look I, 10 years 15 years from now you know, Sonny, hopefully he's still going to have a bit of an interest, regardless of where his career takes him. He's going to have a bit of an interest and he's going to run into some of these people and go, hey, I'm I'm Sonny Corolla. And, you know, we we met, you know, years ago at, you know, the lawn on Pebble Beach and you were showing me your, you know, your 250 LM. And I just wanted to come and say hi. You know, nice to meet you again, sir. You know, like. You know, you never know and, where a conversation yeah. like that could lead. And, you know, uh, it's just invaluable experience. It's just like wheels, wheel time. Yeah. Speed time. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm just saying once a year to kind of show him, for lack of a better term, the formality of it, right? Mm-hmm. A bunch of adults, um, most of which are business owners and successful. And, and this is their playground and how... A young Sonny Corolla can participate in this this adult playground, <laughs> like taking them to a day at Goodwood. And it kind of yeah, it is having 
having him sit back and learn and open his eyes and just appreciate everything you see and know and know what we're doing and how we navigate. And, I mean, and, and you want him to ask questions, right? You want him to go, you know, hey, Gage, hey, Sonny, we're at Goodwood. This is the Duke of Richmond. This is his absolutely. property. This is his event. And then you want him to go back to the hotel room and start Googling, like, who is this man and how did he get here? And and I'm curious and I want to learn more. And like you were saying, when Gage got into the ring for the first time, it, he was all over researching Bobby Lashley and, and you know, the environment. Now he's, you know, doing, doing the research and figuring it out and having a conversation with the guys. Now, some of the guys you've been in the ring with, he's, he's known or he's friends with, you know, yeah. I know you're close with Brock Lesnar and, and, just yeah. game planning, man. That's all yeah. it is. It's it's just game plan. No matter what you're involved in, it, learning the ability to game plan is freaking everything. Yeah, unless we do that in the businesses we run and the even the cars we we build for it fun and everything uh, and, we do. and all of it. Um, okay, well, it sounds like a good trip. And uh, now that the the bead of sweat is off your brow, get nervous about what he's going to do next and yeah, take what- a break until. He's back at it. The season starts. Um, cars. While you were gone, we did a handful of events. We covered a few things while you were gone. A Bronco Raptor. I drove uh, in Vegas out in the desert, and uh, we did the off-roading the Bronco Raptor, and we hit like the short course that they sort of set up as like an ultra four course. So it's high speed, hit the jumps, um, super fun, and I, two door or four door. Uh, it's four door. So the Bronco Raptor only comes in, in the four door, but this was the Raptor experience, um, which is only available at the Bronco off rodeo in Vegas. There's other locations around the country for the Bronco off rodeo, but the only Raptor experience is, is Vegas, um, out by Summerlin out in that area. Um, and one of the things that they were adamant about going over with, with the engineer was, He's like, it's 116 degrees out here. Don't worry about it. Get in the Bronco, turn on the air. And that thing was just running either high speed or low speed or in the desert or just idling and flawless, like no overheating, no issues. That in itself is impressive. And it's hot as hell out. Exploded. Yeah. And uh, the air worked, everything worked. So uh, that was good. And then, I went out to uh, Angeles Crest and to Irwindale Speedway and did kind of a day and a half with um, the 2024 Mustang. I drove the EcoBoost and the GT. The Dark Horse was at a different event in North Carolina, but we can get into that in a minute. But drove the EcoBoost and the GT, went through all through Angeles Crest, did a little bit of auto crossing at, at Irwindale um, in the EcoBoost, and they had a little like drift course set up. Um, because there's the electronic drift brake. It's it's a handle like an e-brake with no button on the end, you know, like thumb button. Um, but it's actually very smart how they did it. So we got around and popped the brake and slid the car and, and you know, let it go a little more throttle. Got a little bit of a drift going on. Um, they let us do it, at, you know, a handful of times to, to kind of work it out. But what's smart about it is, is, it's not a mechanical brake. It's not like you're pulling it and the cable and you're feeling how, how kind of how tight it is because that actually takes quite a bit of effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so this is a very mechanical handle, but it's an electronic brake, 
right? So it's a it's an electronic e-brake and somehow and we couldn't get into the details of sort of like how it's programmed or kind of what's happening, but they've calibrated in a way that it it puts the right amount of effort onto the braking as it needs to, regardless of, you know, like you're not pulling that handle up so hard and go, I got to lock the brake. I got to lock the brake. It locks for you, right? So you can just pull on that handle. So super smart, fun feature. Uh, but as I was sitting around at, at dinner later that night with uh, a bunch of other, you know, journalists and, and, and guests from Ford and, we're like, this is where we are now. We're like, the government is pushing EVs on us so much and telling us they don't want us to drive cars and take public transportation. There's like so much hate, it seems like, from regulators on cars. And then our car companies, Ford and Dodge and, and so many others are going, okay, but we're going to give you launch control and we're going to give you like a, a Christmas tree drag race mode, line it's, lock. It, 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 I mean, it, it's it's two things, right? It's it's the fact that they're what is I mean, it's a lot of things, but I mean, it's the last call. It's the last hurrah. So why not throw every single thing humanly possible on a car before you go out? Right. So, and, I mean, there's, there's two modes of thinking and, and targeting the enthusiasts more than ever, right. Before you wouldn't even think like, Oh, I'm going to put launch control and line lock so you can do burnouts. And now we have an electronic drift brake. But it's a great thing, but it sucks because it's like, where the fudge were you, you know, why didn't you do this for the last 10 years? But they did, but they just, it was like holding a carrot in front of us and just like giving us a bite and then pulling it away for like three or four years. Right. Yes. So, and this is, this is actually what's kind of interesting. So, um, because of all these press events around the new Mustang out, out here and in North Carolina, um, I'm not exactly sure where the conversation came up, but uh, they someone had spoke to, I think it was in an interview in Australia. Uh, somebody spoke to um, one of the Ford execs, the global director of Ford Performance Motorsports. And they said, they asked him, like, when is the V8 ending? Like, you guys, you're doing the 2024 Mustang. You get a few years out of it, and then it's off the table. You can't sell V8s. And his his answer was interesting. He was like, internally at Ford, we do not have an end date for the V8. And, and, and they're basically going, why? It sounds like you have to. And, and that hit the presses and... and it- Everybody. And he says, who knows? His quote was, who knows, honestly, with regulations. But as uh, but as long as we can build V8s for Mustangs, we will. So what what they were saying is these rules have changed so quickly to kind of eliminate gas engines that he's saying, who's to say they won't change again by time we're supposed to not have the V8. So the development of the V8 is going to continue. Right. And, and he, and also he's like, and it's too early to say if that V8 is going to be with some sort of e-fuel or synthetic fuel or hybrid technology or some other solution that eventually can be put into place and appeal to regulators. So Ford is saying, we're not throwing in the towel on the V8 yet. Like like you were saying, that last call, that last hurrah on, on picking a school at the last minute. Like I, we know what's happening is we're in the freshman year 
and and a lot of car companies are going we've signed on to electric we've made our deal right they've they did that deal and there's a few in this particular case forward they're going we're going to wait to our senior year when we're at the finish line and that last moment that's literally you described it that's what's the happening analogy, in this case it's, it's the it's the recruiting analogy yeah yeah that's exactly what's happening here so very interesting that uh that's the case and you know what I sat down with a boss at Ford a while back and kind of got a similar answer when I asked him. And I was like, why not e-fuels? Why not something synthetic? Why not hydrogen? And he was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, all right. It would still be so much better for the environment. It's just a, a, a thought. It's, it's a thought. Um, and it, Listen, I'm not opposed to EV. You've heard us say that before. I'm opposed to getting the choice taken away. Well, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm opposed to getting the choice taken away. I'm opposed to getting a choice taken away and having an unrealistic other choice shoved down my throat. Yeah. I mean, you know, one is equally as bad as the other. It's, it's, it's none of it makes sense and it's not plausible and it's worse for the environment. So we're going to come up with something different and uh, the, the regulations will change. That's how I see it. Um, uh, until then, we have things like Dodge Demon 170. <laughs> why would, you, I, why and, would you bring that up? <laughs> and I see the grin on your face. So there's a couple of things here. First of all, uh, this is all on you, buddy. You're the one who posted a video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you posted yeah, yeah. a video of a 170 being delivered to your <clears throat> lovely abode. Yes. And, and <clears throat> it's all in segments. And you know how <clears throat> people try to strategically do social media, right? And that, that yeah. and there are there are certain embargoes in place. Um you know all about those. Yes. So let's just say that. After roadkill nights and after uh, what's going to happen there happens, then immediately, like 10 seconds after that happens, I'm going to release what we did here with the 170. It was very tame. Let's just say that. There's... Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. first question is the 170 that was on your property, mm-hmm. is is that your car? No, it is not. It's not your car. Absolutely. So Dodge brought a car down and the one that it, they've they've been showing in the media and taking pictures of and and not, whatever. not necessarily. I, I mean no one actually knows the answer to that. Um there's been rumor that the that the uh one seventy that was at the unveiling was a juiced up red eye. Right. Yeah. Um so whether that one is the first one off the assembly line or if that one is a mule i i I, nobody knows and at this point it really doesn't matter it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter matter. we've all seen prototype cars test cars some of the media cars that i've driven were literally like this is a this is a prototype car it it has it's approved for the road but it's going to get crushed afterward because it's not a sellable car like we've been down that road i'm not saying that's the case here but I, yes, there's various stages of cars that to be to be tested. Um, um, it it was yeah, 
it was a purposeful visit. Dodge did not coordinate it. Um, it was coordinated by someone who helped manufacture a, a number of parts on the vehicle, and the Goldberg's garage was used as the background uh, for the photo shoot and um, <clears throat> a couple of other antics. That a couple other antics. Made. I was going to say, did you get Hubinet out there to drift around your garage on your on your on that tarmac because he keeps adding? I, did, I didn't need Hubinet. <laughs> Number two, I didn't, I, I gotta get those marks up. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, first of all, who who that's trolling you on social media every time he sees a the aerial photo? Where he's like, "You got a drift track around your around your garage? Let me at it." <laughs> he talks a big freaking game. All he knows exactly where I live. There is an open invitation. <laughs> he does so many different commercials for so many car makers around the area. It's on. Yeah. It's not me. And I have plenty of cars he can drift around this place. No question. So uh, just get them like right before monsoon season. So then the water will, the rains will come in and help wash away a bunch of that stuff. <laughs> let me just tell you, if it was that freaking simple, uh, I would have had a, yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, were you at the Nitto event um in anaheim that i i I, I know the event but no i wasn't at that okay let's just say that it took a day to get that stuff off the inner fender wheels yeah the rear uh, so yeah um after sunday you'll know yeah okay transpired we had a hey it was awesome to see that car let's just let's let's concentrate on uh what it was in comparison to what I've got, right? So I've got every model represented pretty much here. So I can compare and contrast, but what I can say, you know, obviously it's, it's just a challenger. It's a platform they've had for God knows how long, right? Exactly. You, you know, you know, those statistics, but, um, so it's the same color scheme, same hood, roof, trunk, blackout as the red eye. So if you put them right next to each other, you know, wide bodies, the only difference aesthetically is that the front doesn't have the fender flares, right? Yeah. Uh, then you then your eye goes to looking at certain different little tiny things that are different until you until you actually get in the car. And when you get in the car and and the what you see is not much different, there's a couple little details. Um one of them has a handle <laughs> and yeah not, yeah so um <clears throat> it it's a completely different experience when you start that car up and when you <clears throat> if i was to step on the throttle all the way then it might have felt like this but it, i'm telling you and i have an 850 to the tires red eye uh it, it is a completely different animal completely different and it's every single thing that they say that it is yeah and they see because it's like it's like the devil once you put your foot into it yeah it's it's super interesting like the the driving experience of that demon 170 i'm i'm curious to see if it was executed in a way that was really going to kind of be different and I, a lot's going to come down to the tune and and Listen, well, the uh, suspension's different too, and that's a big difference. I didn't, I yeah. didn't take it out and compare and contrast, but 
what I really don't like with the demon is that it only feels good going in a straight line. I mean, yeah. going around corners, it does not. It's it's not set up for it. I mean, I'm, you're asking to do something it wasn't built for. Right. right? It's a simple tweak, quite obviously. But um, I think the 170 is much more drivable, um, quite obviously, also because the front tires aren't skinnies. And I li- really like what they did there. The staggered, I think they're 295s or 285s or something like that. But they're not skinnies. So, you mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's like King Kong, uh, pounding his chest. I'm telling you, man, it is a completely different deal. It is full balls out, terrifyingly awesome. Yeah. I, it's just, it's really cool. So that's the big difference, right? Okay. So, and then we'll get more info after the embargo is lifted. No question. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm Goldberg, so I I did what I had to do. I had some a little bit of fun in it, you know. I didn't I didn't hurt nobody. So right? this uh this other information about the colors has has come out um, because people are putting in orders for cars, and uh, yes, you've got a little bit of an inside track on this, um, but uh, a handful of. Demon uh, 170 order holders were invited to pick a unique color. There was about 40 colors to choose from, but only we don't know the exact number of people, but 20 to 25 or 30 people were given the option to choose from the 40 color paint samples and then they would be the only ones. These are these are Demon 170 jailbreaks. Um, so they said, you know, I forgot how many cars they're going to make. But of however many cars that they make, there you go. You got the information. You got the information. You got the color back. You got the invitations for it. Um, you got the color swatches. Well, I that, think uh, I was literally the first one to order his color. Because the day before, I tracked down the FedEx guy. Yeah. And- and I wanted to meet him right when he was at the office picking up his <laughs> higher delivery for the day. And I was, I did. He picked it up, and I was right outside of the of the complex. And I, <laughs> I, I got my package. And I don't know. I must have gone 180 home. But uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I just, I literally pulled over right there and made my decision and and locked it in. Um, yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was that experience is really cool. It was very stressful. Um, but I strategically placed myself, like I said, at the top of the line, I believe, but, uh, you know, it's, a. I got the car at cost. So what's an extra 20 to 30 grand for a one of 20, you know, a one of one color that 20 different people got the opportunity. Yeah. So I thought it was justified. So I, Do- at the end of the day, I paid a lot less than most everybody getting the card. So Dodge did a, an interesting th- thing here for to create some uniqueness and make the car pretty special. Is they reached out to demon owners and said, "If you order a 170, we'll we'll match the VIN number, the production number, right? So if you got whatever VIN you got, Demon 32, you can get Demon 170 32. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, so Bill's showing me on, on video. He's showing me all yeah, the colors. 
you've got yeah. the heritage colors and then you've got the modern colors. Yeah. That's, you That's what they did. There was about 20 legacy heritage colors and then 20 from SRT's design team. And you could pick from the suite of 20. So if you had a demon like you do, you can order a, a, a 170 with the matching production number. And now you can also, the handful of you guys were able to pick a unique color. And once you pick that color, nobody else can pick that color. Yeah, it's weird though, you know, because <clears throat> I got green machine, yeah. right? And if you look at it, it's F8 green, right? And yeah. so if, if you also look at the, the heritage colors, well, there's F8 green, right? F8 green. Yeah. So if you get a heritage color F8 green, and then if you order a regular F8 green, what's the difference other than maybe a tiny bit of paint and the moniker that says it's one of one green machine, right? You see where I'm what I'm getting at? Because there's they're gonna make 30 or 3,000, right? What yeah. if your guys want F8? So what, is, how is what that if it eight? doesn't come in F8 green? <clears throat> I don't know. Does it come in two colors? I, it, honestly, it could just be like black, silver, and white or something. That's an interesting <laughs> question, right? Yeah. I don't really know what the, what the rest of the color to, options are. Well, if one of the options is an F8 green, like original. Yeah. Like I have for my 2018. How do you differentiate? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it, it was a weird deal, but hey, the fact that it's green machine and it's noted, then that's really cool. And it's exact. It matches the uh, number 37, the original one that's F8. But, you know, that's just a, that's the question that I had. Yes. Now for this exclusivity, it does come at a price, as you said, and it's $30,000. Yeah, it was, it's hard to swallow. <laughs> well, I mean, because the car comes painted anyway, Ugh, and they're saying God. now you get to pick a color, and it costs thirty grand. Yeah, and the only difference in the color is a, a tag, as opposed to looking at it, right. But I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I, I thought it was. It's exclusivity, man. It's cool. I'm the only person who gets green machine. It rhymes with the only with one. Yeah, longest yard, right? So I mean, hey, it's my favorite. One of my favorite colors. I'm, I'm still trying to justify it. Um, you know. Yeah. Listen, hopefully, look, they got to get the paint. They got to mix it and, and they got to load it into the machine. Doesn't cost $30,000 to do it. Hopefully they fucking wet sand that car and deliver that thing and <laughs> polish stuff to do. Um, although it is funny because. You mentioned longest yard. You mentioned green machine, which I do like. That was just on TV the other day while you were on the road traveling, and I watched it. <laughs> it's always on TV. It's hilarious. Um, I, I yeah, get, I get twelve cents every time they play. Uh, you guys were great in that movie, actually. And and one of the funniest bits uh, toward the end when you guys just dump the ice bath on on the coach and he run away and he's like that's two days in the hall and then you're not you're off camera and you just hear you go who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> i had to put a little bit of me in there. So. uh and, and i was i was watching it and tammy was in the other room and she just hears who gives a shit she goes is that 
is that Bill? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, that's Bill. She's like, oh yeah, I, I recognize it. I recognize it. <laughs> because of what I said or how I said it? Oh, both. It was, it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of both. Um, all right. So we'll get more information on, uh, on the, the demon 170 stuff when that's, um, released. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought, I think they've done a good job at, you know, marketing it and doing what, Hey, I got my order. Uh, mm-hmm. confirmation, not the confirmation, but that it was in the queue. So, uh, I haven't posted that like a lot of guys do, but, um, there's some stuff that you just want to keep to yourself. I mean, you know, it's great putting it out there and having people get excited about what you post, but some stuff it's like, it's cool to keep close to the cuff. Well, not, it's that, you know, exclusive but, information. It's just, <laughs> it's weird, weird, weird. Yeah. Time. But you, you, you can do it a little bit more planned and a little bit more of a presentation. You can get the car on the property. You can get the car in the garage. You can put together a little, you know, video, edit a few little things. You know, you unlike the uh, unlike the live stream that I did, and Dave Savaggio was talking about my toilet upstairs. <laughs> Dude, you got the best toilet I've ever seen. Like, great, man. we're on a live stream on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody, I got a cool toilet. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. It was, it was um. A couple nights ago, I I went over uh, here in LA. It's the start of ZCon, which is a big, big event um, for everything uh, Nissan and Z. And they gave us a a first glimpse of the 2024 Nissan Z Nismo. Um, it's cool. They they did a good job on the car. It's got a slight bump in power. Uh, it's 420 horsepower, 384 pound-feet of torque. So it's about 20 horsepower and 34 pound-feet of torque. Um, revised suspension, bigger brakes. It's got the you, everything you expect from Nismo. Uh, it's a little bit more track-oriented, a, a tighter suspension. It's got a cool look to it. It's, it's the nicer, kind of hotter version of the car. They didn't really give us pricing information at the moment, but I think the embargo lifted and it was about 52,000 bucks for the car. Um, Now, what is interesting and you're going to get a lot of comments from is the Nismo, unlike the normal Z, is not available with a manual transmission. It's going to be the automatic only. um, And they did that so they can program in the shifts uh, and when you put it like into sport mode or the sport plus mode, it's 50% faster shifting. It was just, it, it, it was something that they decided to do so they can better control the performance goals, like get to the numbers they wanted to get. And I don't know that they would have quite uh, have gotten it with the manual transmission. Now, that being said, it way more fun with the manual transmission but you know we see this with with what Porsche is doing and even Shelby GT500 in some cases like the 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 Hellcats is they're going if you want it to go fast you got to let the car do the shifting for you if but if you want it to be fun winning and losing and and by yeah. going faster you will win then it's an easy decision business wise right yeah and fun wise we all know the answer and it's um, because technology is overriding the fact that it's going to make fun just go away. Well, no, it won't because there'll still be us that drive around in these manuals and bang the gears and still have fun. Right. Um, anyway, it, 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 it's cool. It looks like a cool car. Uh, uh, 
right around the same time, um, Porsche unveiled their latest version of the 911, and it's the 911 ST. It's S slash T. And basically what they did was they wanted to come up with, excuse me, get some water here. This is a naturally aspirated, lightweight version of the 911. They did all the little Porsche tricks that you know and love, like the little leather strap to open the door on the inside of the car instead of the conventional door handle so they could save another ounce here and there. Um, But they put the GT3 RS engine in it. So they did a lightweight 911 that has 518 horsepower. Nice. And a car that weighs 3,056 pounds. I didn't know we could make a... A car that weighs 3,056 pounds between airbags and giant brakes and ABS and all this stuff, especially something quite the size of 911 these days. Um, uh, They they did magnesium wheels, ceramic uh, uh, brakes, a lightweight exhaust, um, a lithium ion starter battery. the leather door pulls, a bunch of carbon fiber stuff. They went all in on on making it lighter. Um, cut some of the sound insulation out. I'm sure uh, they go dodge with the carbon fiber wheels that cost at least ten grand a set. Yeah, uh, they cut they cut about seventy pounds off the car, um, and it it scoots around great. They say zero to sixty in about three and a half seconds. Uh. So it's not quite GT3 RS, but it is a little quicker than GT3 Touring. Um, now, this, of course, will come at a price as well. First of all, there's only 1,963 examples because it's the 60th anniversary of the 911, which is 1963. So they're doing a crafty little thing there. Um, uh, $290,000 is oh, where you're going to be. God. So. They they removed a bunch of stuff on the vehicle and cost a lot of money for that. Uh, now, if you if you do order one, you also get the option of getting the really nice chronograph watch, which is only an additional thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. Oh, they don't throw that in. They don't throw that in. Um, and uh, by the way, the two ninety is before destination, so you're really at like two ninety two. Um, but I don't think we're really splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I Sport is coming up um, at uh, Laguna Seca, September 28th through October 1st. Sport is a really cool uh, a Porsche event. Um, uh, it's kind of like the Rolex Historics, but it's Porsches. Um, the best of the best Porsches go up there. I think uh, Corolla and I are going to try to get up there. Now, we are sending a car they asked for a car and they sent us a very nice invitation to send. So they want the Porsche 935. We said, yes, of course, we'd love to show that car. So they're going to handle the transportation of that. Um, so we are going to try to go up there, maybe just maybe fly up this time quickly and just do a day at the event and come home. It's a very, very, very busy schedule, but uh, you know, typical Porsche fashion, this car is cool as shit and it's another specialty car that hopefully some people will drive, but I understand the collectability of it. Um, and they do have some heritage uh, graphics packages for it. So you can get the meatball on the side. wonder how much that is. 
yeah, I don't know how much the extra, how much the stickers cost, but uh, probably another eight thousand dollars. But um, yeah, it, yeah, it's good. Seems good. Um, yeah, so Nissan Z nine eleven, Demon one seventy. Uh, we're getting closer to Mustang or to a, a Monterey Car Week. We're getting closer to Roadkill Nights and Woodward Dream Cruise. Um, I guess you're gonna. Are you gonna get up to Roadkill Nights? Uh, uh, no, you're not. Sir. You're not gonna make. So I won't be there either. But we're gonna hit uh, Monterey for a few days and and um, hopefully get to jump and do a few events we don't normally get to. Adam's not gonna race this year, so. Oh, you uh, got more time then. You can. Yeah, actually- so we just got a little. I mean, we'll still go to the track on Saturday and 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 stuff but we're trying no to pressure. swing yeah it's just really kind of is less pressure so and sean uh the our guy that works on all the cars and preps the race car and he's up at early the first guy at the track and he's doing it i said come with us and we're not bringing a car just come do the cool shit with Ooh, us he's like really? he's like i'm all in yeah so yeah, uh so it'll be me and adam sean and sunny so sunny's coming up with us again uh, it sucks racing that's there's so much into it, man. I mean, it's, it's it, involved, and it, it is a lot of work for a guy like Sean, right? Like, uh, <clears throat> well, for everyone involved, right? Yeah. Even you, you know, Adam, obviously. There Sean, is a, but I mean, yeah, to be it, able to go to the track with no responsibility—that's that's farting through silk, as my dad would say. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it should be a good time, and we'll be able to hit up all the events. So, so coming up in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, all right. I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up for today, and um, we'll catch you guys next week. Are we gonna, missing anything? I think we got it all covered I'm for now. Shooting range cleared out for a big big event tomorrow. Get the shooting range. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I did see the video oh, by the way <laughs> with the two guns, and that that thing is a monster. I don't even know how you handle that. The, it looked like an atom bomb because, like, it, the dust all around the in the photo, it was unbelievable. I mean, the Desert Eagle is pretty, it's pretty daunting. Let's just say it. It just, I mean, just the sound that just watching that thing, just see you shoot that thing is is crazy. But uh, that's one way. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. We'll see you guys next week. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and bag in the wheel and your foot on the floor. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.